Good evening. So like Father Mitch said, just take a moment to introduce myself. My name is Father Patrick. Um, I'm originally born and raised in Thibodeau. I actually am a was slash am a Colonel Catholic. I came to Nichols uh, before I entered the seminary. So it was actually cool to kind of be back here. I was in this chapel um, that my conversion first started, that the Lord first invited me to discern this calling to be a priest. So it's a great joy to be with you uh, in the same place back where it all started, to walk with you, to get to know y'all. Um, and Jesus, the church, has given us some, some big readings to start off the semester with. Um, we have Jeremiah, one of the prophets, trying to get almost murdered. Um, and Jesus talking about bringing fire upon the earth, talking about ripping households apart, dividing families, bringing division kind of in that center core of, 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 of society. So what's going on here? What, why, is, why is that kind of message that Jesus is preaching? I actually think that's the perfect message to start off our semester with. It's the perfect greetings to really set us off on the right foot because it shows us, I think, something about what true discipleship looks like. And it points to what the heart of each one of our missions is here on this campus this year um, as Catholics and as Colonel Catholics. And it shows us that we're not invited to this kind of comfortable Catholicism uh, where we have things on our own terms, but we have something that takes us by surprise, things that happen that we don't really expect. It shakes us up, and it allows God to work in our hearts and on this place in a new way. So what's going on here in this first reading with the prophet Jeremiah? Kind of take a step back about who, who this guy is. See, Jeremiah's whole ministry, basically, is preaching against the wickedness of the people of Israel. By this point, they had forgotten the law, they didn't follow the law, they didn't keep the feast the Lord had told them, they didn't offer the sacrifices, they basically didn't do anything that the Lord had asked them to do. And so Jeremiah's whole time was preaching against the wickedness of the people and calling them back to live the way that God was inviting them to live. And nobody listened. No matter how often Jeremiah tried again and again and again, nobody listened. And so now it got to this point where a rival nation was about to take over Jerusalem. And Jeremiah is still preaching the same thing about we have to return back to the Lord. And as this nation's coming to approach and take over the people of Israel, Jeremiah gets a word from God and he says, this is what the Lord says that we have to do. We have to surrender. Let this nation come and overtake us. Let, us, let them take us into exile. And in the end, God's going God's to allow us to live. God's going to bring us salvation through that. But we have to surrender. You have to let him take us. But if you fight, if you try to fight back, you're going to die. The city's going to be destroyed, and, and so follow this message of surrender. And understandably, people didn't like that. Imagine if, like, if a nation was coming to attack America, and this guy rose up and said, America, just surrender. Let them beat us, and everything's going to work out in the end. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Because, like, you know, we're America. We don't, we don't let ourselves get taken over, right? So we, we would fight back. That's the same people of Israel thought the same thing. They said, we're Yahweh's chosen nation. We can't surrender. We can't lose. We're going to fight back. So why would God invite the people of Israel to surrender, to lose, to allow themselves to be destroyed and taken into exile? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense until we look at it through the lens of the gospel, until we look at it through the lens of what Jesus is inviting us to. See, Jesus says here that he came to bring division. He came to set the world on fire, to divide households, mother against daughter and father against son, 
which isn't what we expect Jesus to say, right? Jesus came to bring peace. He came to bring harmony. The angels called him the Prince of Peace when he was born. So what's he getting at? Why is he saying he came to bring this kind of division and destruction? What Jesus is talking about here, he's not actually just making up these words about father against son, daughter against mother. He's quoting another one of the prophets. He's quoting the prophet Micah. And in this prophecy he's quoting, it's Micah talking about God promising to bring a a period of salvation, of restoring all of the promises that he had made to his people Israel. But before that period of salvation, that period of restoration, there has to be this period of trial, this period of tribulation before that. The salvation is preceded by this tribulation. And so what Jesus is saying is that he came to bring this, uh, this tribulation, this division, so that, through that, he can bring the salvation that he ultimately came to bring. It's this familiar logic that we see over and over again through the Gospels. That there's no salvation without first a testing, without first a tribulation, without kind of a division that allows the salvation to take root. There's no resurrection without the crucifixion. Jesus' whole life and message is pointing to this, and that's what he's beginning to signal to the people who he's talking to. Jesus said he's talk, he talks about a baptism in the gospel. That baptism is his crucifixion. And he says he can't wait until that baptism takes place. And that he, he's in anguish until that baptism takes place. He's in anguish. He's longing for this crucifixion to take place because he knows what that crucifixion is going to bring. Because of the great love that he has for us, for each one of us, he's in anguish to bring that crucifixion because he knows of the salvation that will be made manifest in each one of our lives. So he wants to bring this division that, brings, that ultimately is going to bring us salvation. Just like Jeremiah wants to bring this certain kind of destruction that results in the people's salvation. And Jesus uses the image of a fire to kind of get this, this message across. He says he came to set the world on fire and how he wishes it were already blazing. Something about fire is interesting. It's fat, you, can, you can just stare at fire all day long. But fire, it always consumes everything that it can. Right? If you set something on fire, it doesn't just stay in one place. It spreads until everything is engulfed. To the, the maximum of like a wildfire until we can't even control it anymore. It spreads and spreads and spreads, and, and nothing stops it. We don't have a lot of experiences with wildfires here, because everything is wet all the time. Like, it's rained a bunch, even like in the last two days. Um, even though it feels like a wildfire outside, we don't actually have experience with wildfires. But if you look at the immediate aftermath of a wildfire, it looks like a bomb went off. Everything's just black charred, lifeless, like complete and utter devastation. There's another consequence to what these fires do, though. And it clears out all the brush, all the junk, that's actually inhibiting new life from growing. So that if you look at at the aftermath of a wildfire years later, it actually looks better than it did before because it's able to be rejuvenated. New life is able to blossom and flourish in that land because the fire cleared out all the junk that was preventing that from from blossoming and from growing. That's why Jesus wants to set the world on fire. That's why Jeremiah preached this surrender. 
because he wants to let God do the work of clearing out all the brush and all the junk of our lives so that his fire can come in anew and rejuvenate us. What do we typically do with fire, though? We don't usually let it spread uncontrollably. We keep it in our nice little candle. we got our nice little fireplace. It burns in the places where we want it to. We kind of keep, we set the parameters, and we, we kind of keep it this nice little thing. That's not the fire that Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about a blazing wildfire. If you look at the actual words that he used in the gospel in the Greek, which is originally written in, he doesn't just use regular words for setting something on fire. He uses stronger words that actually signal this blazing wildfire that he wants to engulf the world with. Because the Lord wants to come and set each one of our hearts ablaze. So to clear out all the junk, to clear out all the baggage, to clear out all the doubt, to clear out all the fear. And while in the moment it may seem like things are right, our, our hearts may feel like this kind of desolate, like a bomb went off, this lifeless area, things just feel like everything's falling apart. As much as we don't like that, he's clearing space for something new. He's clearing space for a new dwelling, for the fire of the Lord to bring new life into our hearts. And as much as we don't like it, so often our moments of grace with the Lord are often preceded by a struggle, by this interior division, by this purifying fire that makes space for God to come anew into our hearts. This ever-growing discipleship that Jesus is calling us to, it usually doesn't look like the way that we expect it to. We don't expect Jesus to come talking about fire and division. We want to keep it controlled. We want to keep him controlled in our lives, kind of to, to be his disciples in the way that we expect to be his disciples, kind of keep it in this nice little box. Jesus is challenging that idea of discipleship today with these words. He came to set this campus, this parish, each one of our hearts ablaze. Not with just this little candle fire, but with a blazing wildfire. But we have to let him. We have to have the courage to allow him to set our hearts ablaze, to have the love that drives out the fear that holds us back, and have the courage to, let, to live with the consequences of what that fire does to our lives. Being a disciple like that, being a real disciple of Jesus, it often does bring division, and it, it should. And that's kind of what we're signing up for. Look what they did to Jeremiah. They did to Jesus. But that division always brings new life. That purifying fire always clears the space for something new and something greater that comes and rejuvenates and refreshes us. And that's where it all starts, with the fire in each one of our own hearts, allowing God to set that heart ablaze so that from that fire within our hearts, this campus is set ablaze the way that Jesus wants it to. So what do we do now? How do we respond to that? I think that second reading gives us a perfect kind of like manifesto of, of how we respond to that life of discipleship. Let us rid ourselves of every burden and every sin that clings to us. Everything that leaves us empty, everything that holds us back, everything that leaves us longing for more, leave that all behind and let the fire of that love burn it away and persevere in running the race that lies before us. Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus the perfecter and leader of faith. 
who doesn't just tell us to go and, and watch us go, but he actually takes that, takes that run, takes that journey with us. Who he, he says, for the sake of the joy that he knew he would bring, he endured the cross and is now seated at the right hand of God. Keep your eyes fixed on him. Share your heart with him and allow that fire to be reignited. Don't hold anything back. Let that fire spread uncontrollably. That's our mission this year. That's our mission, to set this campus on fire, to let that fire take root in each one of our own hearts. That's where it always begins. And from that place, let that fire spread till this whole campus is blazing. St. Catherine of Siena, she said that be who you ought to be, be who God is calling you to be, and you will set the world on fire. That's our mission. May God bring that mission to completion.